Good morning. Welcome to Barah Ministries, an intimate local Christian church with worldwide impact. My name is Pastor Rory Clark. Welcome to this Bible lesson. At Barah Ministries, we know this truth, that Jesus Christ is God. As the Lord, He is 100% deity. He is God the Son, a member of the triune Godhead. He's also 100% human, just like you and me, and His name is Jesus Christ. The Lord, God the Son, became flesh, Jesus Christ, and He lived among us. He is the uniquely born one, 100% God and 100% man and one person forever. He is the sovereign God of the universe, and He is the Jewish Messiah. Now, all that may not mean much to you because you hear it every week. But if He had not done those things, He couldn't have saved you. So when you hear that, you need to know what that means to you. And what that means to you is if he hadn't done every single thing and been every single thing that he said he was, you would not be saved. Then your faith would be void. You would be wasting your time here, just like you waste your time in the rest of the world. At Barah Ministries, we make a difference by teaching the Word of God from God's perspective and not from man's perspective. And as those who make Barah Ministries our spiritual home, we are Christians. Being a Christian means we believe in the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have a deep, intimate, and personal relationship with him. I have a friend who is a Roman Catholic, and I have a lot of friends who are Roman Catholics. And I said, well, you know, Roman Catholics are not Christian. He says, yeah, they are. I said, well, then why do they call it Roman Catholic? Why don't they just call it Christian? Uh, why Why do you call it two names? I still haven't gotten the answer to that yet. But... You see how, how subtle lies are? You see how subtle deception is? And when you ask somebody a question about it, they don't have an answer. Why would Roman Catholicism be called Roman Catholicism if it was Christianity? My name is Rory. Nobody calls me Mike. I don't have two names. I have one name. Because there's a one guy, one name. See? And just funny to me. You know, those are the things you think about when you take a week off. Amen? (laughs) Well, why does all that happen? God has an enemy, Satan, whom God made the ruler of this world. He is a liar who deceives the whole world, including you and me. And he doesn't want you to get to know God. He interferes with our chance to know God. John chapter 12, verse 31, the Lord says this, Now judgment is upon this world, and now the ruler of this world, Satan, will be cast out. At a future time, he will be dethroned from ruling planet Earth, and the Lord Jesus Christ will take over rulership of planet Earth. Satan's strategy against the human race is religion which is designed to make us either indifferent or antagonistic to God, and it is extremely effective. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 15, the Lord castigates those who are religious. Here's what he says. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you people who talk from behind a mask, you phonies. That's what a hypocrite is, somebody who talks from behind a mask. You travel around on sea and land to make one convert to your religion. And when he becomes converted, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. Religion deceives many into thinking that they're saved when they might not be. And it works really well. Billions of people are deceived. And why are billions of people deceived? Because they want to be. 
People love being deceived. People love being lied to. They love it. They love the superficial approach to life. They, they, they detest the deep approach to life. They want everything surface, everything easy. And that is not how life really works. But there are a lot of people who wish it did. The Word of God is truth. And it informs us about Satan's insidious deceptions. And as believers in Christ, we are in union with Christ. And we have the victory over Satan through the Lord who has overcome the world. Isn't it amazing that God found a way to protect us from losing our salvation? And he did that through the baptism of the Spirit by placing us into union with himself, a union we cannot get out of. Today's Bible lesson, wishing you a year filled with spiritual wisdom one day at a time. Wishing you a year filled with spiritual wisdom one day at a time. Well, often the end of one year and the beginning of another year is a time of reflection and anticipation. We look back to see what we went through in the previous year. We look forward with anticipation to the new year. Seldom, unfortunately, do we simply look at the facts of the present moment. My wish for you as you start the year is that you receive the spiritual insight you need that will let you know that you need nothing new, that you are already as good as you will ever be, and as believers in Christ, you are perfect in God's eyes. Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10 suggests this. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. Now, why would God be telling you that? He would be telling you that because there's a lot of philosophy and a lot of empty deception in the world. There are a lot of people who want to fool you into thinking you're doing one thing when you're doing something else. That's real. It took me a long time to realize that that was real. So see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men. And what is the tradition of men? Men are always making up a series of you gotta's. You gotta do this to be saved. You gotta do that to be saved. You gotta do that. It's not as easy as just believing in Christ. You gotta believe in Christ and keep the sacraments. You gotta believe in Christ and go to church every Sunday. You gotta believe in Christ and eat Cinnabon donuts. I don't know. I mean, people come up with some of the craziest stuff. But, and by the way, I would join a religion who said, you got to believe in Christ, but eat the Cinnabon. But that's another matter. So see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. There's a huge difference between the elemental principles of the world and Christ. Many love wisdom, yet without loving Christ. You know, several of us are from that discipline, systematic theology. What do we love? We love the doctrine. But we didn't love Christ. We love the doctrine. What does that even mean? So you hear this all the time. From, I hear it all the time from my friends who are still embroiled in that lie. They love the doctrine, but they don't love the God who teaches the truth. They prefer false teachers who encourage worship of themselves instead of worship of God. And a lot of people who are still embroiled in that discipline are all enamored with dead guys. You know, the, the guy who was teaching 
And, oh, you know, do you remember back when he was teaching? And, yeah, I do remember back when he was teaching, and I didn't know one thing about Christ or unconditional love. I remember it way too well. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. For in Christ all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. There's to my friend who says that nowhere in the Bible does it say that Jesus Christ is God. My Muslim friend, yeah, it says it right here. In Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in human bodily form. With Christ is fullness, and apart from Christ is emptiness. And those who are part-time in getting to know Christ are empty. Sure, we all hope one day our families will love us just the way we need them to. Sure, we all hope that our relationships will go just the way we want them to. Sure, we all hope that our friends will be in our lives without a perverted agenda. Yet that isn't the reality, is it? Sure, we all hope that we can have a deep, intimate, and personal relationship with Christ while dedicating the majority of our time to the elementary things of the world. Once again, a year comes and goes, and we're not able to pull off our fantasy. Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. And in union with Christ, you believers in Christ have been made complete. And that's what I wanted you to see. With God, we don't need anything new. We already have everything we need. We are full. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says this. I, Paul, am sure of this very thing, that God the Father, who began a good work in you, will keep on perfecting it until the day of Christ Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14 says this, For by one offering, the Lord Jesus Christ has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Who is sanctified? Believers in Christ. Your first step of being saved is salvation. The second step is sanctification. That's where God the Holy Spirit takes over. And he keeps on perfecting you. And that's called sanctification. And there will be a day when God removes all impurities from you. Right now you have flesh as a believer in Christ that uh, is, is in you to keep you uh, humble, to help you realize that you're not all that, because Christians would be pretty miserable if they didn't have the flesh. But one day that will not be the case for you. You will not have the flesh any longer. You'll have a resurrection body and you won't have any of the perversion that is typical now. So, you have been made complete. Now, are you ready, now that you know that, to drop all your fantasies about how much more you need to add to yourself to be whole in your eyes or in God's eyes? Because in God's eyes, you're perfect if you're a believer in Christ. He gave you his righteousness at the moment of salvation. God the Father sees you the same way he sees the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, but it's the new year. Now it's a good time for resolutions. Don't you ever get tired of that? Don't you get tired of lying to yourself every year that you're going to somehow change stuff, you're going to somehow do something different, and, you know, it lasts a month. If you got a gym membership, just stay home till February 1st because it's going to be too crowded for you to get in there But as soon as February 1st comes, all the phonies will clear out, and then you can go right back to doing what you're doing and having fun. 
Because that's what happens every year. Oh, it's a new year. It's a new me. Ah, ah, ah. No. No, it's not a new you. It's the same old you. A friend of mine who is currently in a cult is realizing that we are complete in Christ. Now, here's the funny thing. She's, I, I listened to her talk about being in this cult three months ago. She's still in the cult. Okay, so you see how we are? Why would you still be in a cult if you, if you know that you're in a cult? Somebody says, here's what it looks like when you're in a cult. Does it look like that to you? Yeah. Okay, get out of it. She's still in it. But she sends me this uh, thing the other day. It's like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. So here are her, are her reflections. She said, a lot of people think that we can become righteous by what we do. But we are already made righteous by Jesus Christ through believing in him. Wow, that sounds like something I said to her the very first night she told me she was in a cult. She said, in this cult, we are not living based on faith in what Jesus did. We're living based on our confidence in what we can do for him. How many Christians is that true of? People who have distorted James. Faith without works is whatever. Faith without works is dead. Oh, okay, so it's faith plus works that makes you saved, huh? And they don't even realize that James was talking to believers in Christ. He was not talking to unbelievers. Here's our continued reflection. We think that by what we do, we somehow become more righteous, but that's not the case at all. Right? Now, it's not just cult members who believe this. This is everybody. We always think more, more, more. More, more, more. Got to add more, more, more. One of the greatest gifts I ever received in my life is one of my clients knew that I wanted to be home and raise my kids. And so he sent a guy from New Zealand to ask me a very simple question. Rory, how much money is enough? Because I was on that track. More, 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 more. And I, by the way, I wish I had stayed on that track too. Because if you stay on that track, if you treat your kids like crap, they want to be with you all the time. If you treat them well, they don't want anything to do with you. That's the way it works. So I wish I had stayed on that track because then I'd have a house in Cabo or something and I wouldn't be standing up here talking to you. I'd be doing this from the remote. From remote. I'd be saying, uh, you know, thanks for coming today. Man, the sun is just reflecting off of this ocean. The way it's reflecting off, though, I wish you guys could see it. Anyway, let's talk about Jesus. (laughs) So in a nutshell, that's the deception of Happy New Year. Well, in today's lesson, I hope you realize the importance of handling your problems with spiritual wisdom instead of human wisdom. What are your problems? And do you think you have the answer for them? Because I'll tell you, you don't. But God does. So are you willing to use this time that you're here to gain spiritual wisdom so you can handle those problems? Or do you think you're good enough to handle them yourself? So we'll talk more about that as we go through. Well, Lamentations chapter 3 Verses 21 to 25 say this. This I, Jeremiah, recall the mind amid despair. And Jeremiah was in intense despair when he said this. 
This I, Jeremiah, recall to my mind amid despair, therefore I have hope. Lamentations 3.22. The Lord's loving kindnesses, that's the Old Testament term for His grace, indeed never cease, for His compassions never fail. Lamentations 3.23. They are new every morning. Great, O God, is your faithfulness. Lamentations 3.24. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I have hope. In him, Lamentations 3.25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. Our God's love for us cannot be exhausted. All he asks of us in return is all. Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31 say this, And you shall love the Lord your God unconditionally, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength and you shall love your neighbor unconditionally as you love yourself unconditionally. So here's Cornerstone Worship to sing about our God. The song is, Your Love Never Fails. Who sings that song? Yeah. 
Let us pray. We're grateful, Heavenly Father, for the privilege of studying your absolute truth, the Word of God. Father, thank you for waking us up this morning and for your perfect provision of the Word for our edification. Help us to realize our sufficiency because of what you have done for us through your Son and through God the Holy Spirit. Help us to witness the madness going on in the world without getting caught up in it. Give us the good sense to invite others to believe in your Son as their way out of this slavery. Show us how to influence others and how to attract others to the light of your kingdom. Help us to reflect you and your word in every breath we take. We ask this through the power of God, the Holy Spirit, in Christ's name. Say it with me. Amen. Amen. Today's Bible lesson, wishing you a year filled with spiritual wisdom one day at a time. Wishing you a year filled with spiritual wisdom one day at a time. God makes his believers complete. And the, the verse that I read for you, about that is in the past tense. So it was done in the past, and the result is that your completeness stands finished forever. And as a result, we often think we are the captains of our own souls. At least that's what William Ernest Hensley wanted us to believe with his poem Invictus. Invictus is the Latin word for undefeated. Here's what he says. He says, out of that night, That covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole. I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. There's human beings in a nutshell. Gods with a small g, I'm all that. It's me, my unconquerable soul. In the fall, in the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeoning of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. The only person who could have penned that is a fool. That was penned by a fool. We are not the captains of our fate, and we are not the masters of our soul, and we're just lucky that God has considered us worthy enough to participate in this amazing life that he created. And the funny thing is, that poem is the set of thoughts that we had one year ago today that we brought into the year of our Lord 2020. You know, we felt like masters of our fate. We felt like captains of our soul. And then what happened three, three months later? We found out exactly how untrue it is that we're the masters of anything. Instead, the words to the Seals and Crofts song are what we learned last year. When I was 17, I dreamed of being king and having everything I wanted. But that was long ago, and my dreams did not unfold, so I'm still the king of nothing. Right? So that's what our year was really like. The year 2020 taught us that we are the kings of nothing. Yet many didn't learn the lesson. Many are under the delusion that things are going to get back to normal in 2021. And I don't share that fantasy. Yet I am encouraged because 
what was true one year ago is still true today. And that is, as believers in Christ, we are complete in union with Christ. And we don't need anything from the world. And I, I actually am looking forward to the time, again, when people are dying from stuff like cancer and heart attacks and strokes. Because evidently, the only thing people die from anymore is COVID. Right? And all those other things have miraculously been cured. I, you know, I wonder why it is that we didn't just have this flu long ago if it's going to wipe out those three things. May I, or is it just me? Do you guys hear anything about cancer killing anybody or, or heart disease or stroke? Do you hear anything about that? All I hear about is, oh, he's coughing, it's COVID, he's going to die. Right? So it, it's just funny. And there are people walking around thinking that we're going to get back to normal and turning on the TV and waiting for all those people on TV to tell us when we can go back to normal. It's not coming. It's not coming. So that's why I wanted to start out this year with you having a little spiritual wisdom instead of getting your thoughts from human wisdom. Because believe me, those people on TV are real pretty, but they're real dumb. And they don't have the slightest idea what they're talking about. And 90% of them don't have spiritual lives. Because if you have a spiritual life and you're doing that for a job, you can't sustain in that job. You have to leave it. Now, what's normal? What's the normal our God wants for us? That's the question that we come here to find out. What's the normal our God wants for us? It's detailed in Colossians chapter 1 beginning in verses 1 to 12. Here's what it says. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God the Father, and Timothy, our brother in Christ, to the saints, and a saint is a believer in Christ, and to the faithful brethren in union with Christ who are at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Colossae was a nothing place. It was a small little town it, it, it isn't even as significant as Mesa, Arizona. It was a nothing little town. And here the Apostle Paul is in prison, yet he's writing uh, one of the best letters of his uh, writing to this small little nothing church. That's kind of how God works things. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you believers at Colossae, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the unconditional love which you have for all the saints. Colossians chapter 1 verse 5. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which hope you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which gospel has come to you, just as in all the world also, the gospel is constantly bearing fruit and increasing even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God the Father in truth. See, we, we can be really encouraged by this writing because the gospel message, this thing that we, we talk about every single week, this thing that we hear every single week, the good news of salvation, not the bad news of condemnation, this good news of salvation is being preached all throughout the world, unceasingly, all throughout the world. So nothing that's going on in the world is able to stop that. There is nothing that 
the powers that be who think they are powerful can do to stop that spiritual phenomenon from happening, which is fruit-bearing. Colossians chapter 1, verse 7. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. Epaphras is the person who founded the church at Colossae, and he went back and forth between Rome and Colossae to shuttle letters and encouragement. Colossians 1.8, and he also informed us of your unconditional love in the Spirit. Colossians 1.9, for this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you, Colossian believers, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That is my wish for you this year. That verse is my wish for you this year, that you be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And not only that you know what his will is, and not only that you understand his will, but that you actually do his will, that you actually follow what it is that he wants you to do, that you don't actually think that you have a better idea than he did. He does. And that's what Satan thought. Satan was so brilliant and so gorgeous that he thought he had a better idea than God. He didn't. And he's going to be paying for that stupid choice for all eternity. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. If you have spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding then what is the natural result? If your thinking is right, your actions will be right. You will walk, that is, have a lifestyle in a manner that is worthy of the Lord, a lifestyle that pleases Him in all respects, a lifestyle bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God the Father. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. Strengthened with all power, according to God the Father's glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. These are the things that come from following God and having spiritual wisdom, steadfastness. You're you're a foundationally sound person. You're patient. You're willing to wait for things. You're willing to delay gratification. This is the effect that God's Word has on us. Joyously giving thanks to God the Father, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. There's my wish for you, that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and in all spiritual understanding. My wish for you is that the inadequacy of human solutions to problems becomes very apparent to you. When we come back from the break, we'll take the offering, and then we'll see what else our God considers normal. Take a five-minute break. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life, I've been told I belong at the end of the line with all the other not quite. We'll all never get it right But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time Cause I'm just a nobody Trying to tell everybody All about somebody Who's saying 
Today's Bible lesson, wishing you a year filled with spiritual wisdom one day at a time. Wishing you a year filled with spiritual wisdom one day at a time. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 says this, My word, which goes forth from my mouth, will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. When you contribute to Barah Ministries, you help us to be a voice crying out in the wilderness. If your contribution makes it possible for one person to have the chance to be saved by hearing the gospel message, you have affected eternity. So be generous 
just as God is generous with you. Let's welcome up Deacon Denny Goodall with today's offering message. Back to these guys are not even saying anything. <laughs> you look fine, bro. Good morning. My name is Denny Goodall, and I'm blessed to be a deacon for Barah Ministries. Barah Ministries is a place where real people come to listen to a real pastor teach the real truth of God. And I can't be the only one after 2020 that feels a little beat up, the only one that feels a little beat up. Because I feel like after you know just a normal year of all the financial troubles or relationship troubles or health troubles, it's going to be a, a tough year. But you add COVID on top of that. You add the, the way we've been isolated you know, solitary confinement for some, some people losing their life, some people losing their jobs, affecting so many different families. And it's just, it just demoralizes you. Everything is negative right now. You know, we have lost control of our lives. We can't go anywhere. You have to wear a mask. You have to stay six feet. And you've got people that care about it and they're hypersensitive and people that don't care about it and they don't care at all. And then there's people fighting in stores and it's just, it's demoralizing. And you know that anything like that is not from God. But it's really easy to see that think it's from God. You know, oh, God's testing me. He's testing my finances. He's seeing if I can do it. Oh, God, he's, you know, he's testing us with this disease, if we can get through it. And all it is is just another fear factor. Every year there's just going to be a new fear factor. And I'm tired of people saying, oh, 2020 is over. Like all of a sudden it's just going to stop. <laughs> 2021 is just the same. It's like in the Bible where they have these chapters, starts, and breaks for verses. And it's not really where the chapter ends or begins. It's just like in, you know, for time. It's time is just a man-made constraint. All of a sudden, 2020 is over, 2021 begins, but it's still going to be financial troubles, health troubles, all the things, and COVID's still going, and now there's a new strain. It's like, oh, and now we've got to close up even more, and there's just no control in our lives. And I just hear people thinking or saying, you know, God's testing us. I really got to bear down and hold myself. And like Pastor said, you know, people thinking I can do it or I can help myself or the source of power is me, but that's not true. And we can even see in James chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and God himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. So my goals for this year, I already got rid of DirecTV. So I've turned off cable. That's one way to stop the fear factor. And avoid your phone. Don't get on your phone so much. We've been trying to deal with it at work. Everybody's on Facebook. Everybody's on Apple News Feed. Everybody's checking Google. And it's all just propaganda. It's all news with an agenda. Like Pastor said, they're real pretty, but they're stupid. And do you really think these stupid, pretty people care about us like the Lord Jesus Christ? No, not at all. He's not testing us. They're testing us. So at the end of the day, when you get rid of the news, you get rid of the phone, what's left? Us, our old sin nature, our lusts. And that's really what's enticing us. That's what's drawing us away. That's what we're being deceived by. So if you think that giving it the offering is one of those things that's tempting, that's testing you, this isn't God testing you. This is God giving you an opportunity to give to a church that is sponsoring his message throughout the world. And it's really an amazing thing when you think about it. It's really a great opportunity to have. And we often just gloss over it because we're so scared and we're so worried. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm true of everything I've said today. I've been the same way. I've stingy with my money at times or worried about things or you know it's it's hard to it's hard to look at life and always be positive 
But when you look at God and know that we are righteous without anything we've done and we're perfect in his eyes, how could you worry about anything? You know, our fight isn't against the men and the men of this world. It's against the spiritual powers, Satan, and he's behind all this negativity. So I was looking, asking myself, have I been a sponsor of negativity or demoralizing anybody around me? Because that's really what's left. If the news is not doing it, the phone's not doing it, it must be personal. It must be us having impact on others. So if we're negative, other people are going to be negative. You're a Christian and you're negative. Oh, you're so down. That's not going to help anybody. So give them the good news, not the bad news. And so giving it the offering is good news. It's a thing that, that helps you spiritually, it helps our church, and it helps everybody. So thank you for helping us be fishers of men. And just remember, it's not always a net we're casting over a lot of people. It's one hook, one hook at a time to hook them. And so somebody you care about, give them the good news. It's worth it. So thank you very much. Today's Bible lesson, wishing you a year filled with spiritual wisdom, one day at a time. Wishing you a year filled with, filled with spiritual wisdom, one day at a time. So I have a, a really dear friend who is a Roman Catholic, and uh, just a brilliant guy, brilliant guy, and uh, who knows that I was a Roman Catholic at one time, right? And I am no longer a Roman Catholic. But when I was a Roman Catholic, I was a Roman Catholic for 21 years on the track to be a Jesuit priest. And I thought 
Roman Catholicism and Christianity were the same. Until you find out how God's enemy works. See? Well, because how does God's enemy work? How God's enemy works is he takes his system, religion, and drags Christianity into it and creates this mixture. There's no mixture between Christianity and Roman Catholicism. There's no mixture. But 1.1 billion people are deceived by Roman Catholicism. But why? Why are they deceived? Because they don't know the Bible well enough. Because the Bible says there are false teachers. The Bible says that false teachers teach about a different Jesus. And so there are a lot of people who think they believe in Jesus, but the Jesus they believe in is a different Jesus than the Jesus of biblical Christianity. And I was one of those people. Because the Jesus of Roman Catholicism did not finish the work of salvation at the cross. And so the priests actually have to help Jesus finish the work of salvation at the cross by turning bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ every day at the altar. That's what Roman Catholics believe. All they have to do is open up the Catechism of the Catholic Church, compare it to what the Bible says, and they will see the two of them saying dramatically different things. And I can't tell you how many times this hand was spanked with a stack of rulers. There were about eight rulers with rubber bands around them for asking questions about why we never opened the Bible. And when I got tired of getting hit on that hand, I just put the other hand out. But through all that punishment, I learned that in every discipline, there is a set of doctrines And the set of doctrines is what that discipline believes. And you better know what it is. That's why every lesson, you don't ever have to be confused about what we believe here at Barah Ministries. It's hanging right there. I start every lesson telling you very clearly what it believes. And believe me, 90% of the people who would be listening to that will turn off immediately. Click. You know why? What they'll say is, well, it, that's different than what we believe. Okay. Well, who cares what you believe? What's the truth is really the question, isn't it? Nobody cares what you believe. It's the truth. And if you don't know the truth and then believe that, guess where you're going to be? It's called the lake of fire. Now, that's in eternity. And see, I don't want to be responsible for anybody going to the lake of fire. And I don't want to be responsible for misinforming people about stuff. So my dear friend, I know he is a smart enough guy to grab a copy of the Catechism of the Catholic Church and to grab a copy of the Bible, and he knows he's got a resource in me. I think he is smart enough to know that God has an enemy, and that the enemy has a way that he operates, I think he's smart enough to figure this out for himself by just comparing what's written. It's one of the things that the Lord always said when he was attacking anything religious. 
he would always say, it is written. It is written. It is written. The three most powerful words, it is written. But Roman Catholicism does not believe in the Jesus Christ of biblical Christianity. They believe in another Jesus who did not finish the work of salvation at the cross. It's right in the catechism of the Catholic Church. Now, I've told a lot of my Catholic friends that, and they say, well, I don't believe that. Okay, well, good for you. Good for you that you don't believe it. But, you, but do you think then afterwards they go look that up? No. No. And that's, that's just the most blatant of the deceptions. Another deception is that Mary was born sinless, lived a sinless life, and was bodily assumed into heaven. The doctrine of the Immaculate Conception, that's a complete lie. There's only one person that was born sinless, lived a sinless life, and was bodily assumed into heaven, and that is Jesus Christ. Mary did not do that. So, you know, when I get up here every week to teach, this is pretty serious for me. This isn't just some avocation. You know, it's not, you know, I didn't have anything to do yesterday, so I sat around writing a lesson, and I thought I'd come over and tell you guys. This is really serious. This matters. And I'm not going to phone it in on the Internet. You know, it's fun thinking, oh, yeah, I'll be down in Cabo, and I'll just call you and say, hey, this ocean's beautiful, here's the lesson today. But I don't operate that way. I think being face-to-face -face with human beings is important, although painful. So, anyway, I know my dear friend knows who I'm talking to, and I know that he's smart enough to check out what I'm saying. So, that would be a really good idea. All right, so let's continue today's Bible lesson, wishing you a year filled with spiritual wisdom one day at a time. Let's pick it up at Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 to 29. It says, For God the Father rescued us, believers in Christ, from the domain of darkness. That's where we're born, physically alive and spiritually dead, born in the domain of darkness. And he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.14. In union with whom, this Christ, we have redemption. And we studied redemption for, for, uh, two, in two lessons over the last couple of months. Well, what is redemption? It is purchase of something by means of a ransom payment. And in union with whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Because Jesus Christ redeemed us, we have the forgiveness of our sins. And that makes it possible for us to have a relationship with God the Father. Colossians 1.15 The Lord Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God the Father. As it says in John 14.9, Colossians 2.9, Hebrews 1.3 The firstborn in rank of all creation. Jesus Christ is deserving of the highest honor because Jesus Christ is God. Colossians 1.16. 
For by the Lord all things were created. John 1.3 Both in the heavens and on the earth, both visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, look how organized the angelic creatures are. They have thrones, they have dominions, they have rulers, they have authorities. And all things have been created through him, through Christ, and for Christ. Colossians 1.17 The Lord Jesus Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. What does that mean? It means that Jesus Christ is the sovereign God of the universe. He's the first. He is not created. He is the creator. And then here's the payoff verse. Colossians 1.18 The Lord Jesus Christ is also head of the body of the church. And he is the beginning. The firstborn from the dead so that Christ himself will come to have first place in everything. He is the head, and we are the body, and the head and the body together is the church. We are the set of believers that happened after the cross. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, For it was God the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness of deity to dwell in Christ. Colossians 1, 20. And through Christ to reconcile all things to God the Father. That's what Christ came to do. There was a breach in the relationship between God the Father and the rest of the world. And so what did God the Father do to fix the breach? He sent his son to fix the breach and to create reconciliation so that all of us could have a relationship with God the Father. Having made peace, how? Through the blood of Jesus Christ's cross. Blood is the payment for sin. And there's only one blood that is worthy enough to pay for sin, and that is the blood of Christ at the cross. Through Christ, to reconcile all things, I say, whether things on the earth or things in heaven. Colossians 1.21 And although you were formerly alienated from the resurrection life and from God, although you were formerly hostile in mind toward God, although you were formerly engaged in evil deeds, sin, Colossians 1.22, Yet Jesus Christ has now reconciled you to God the Father in his fleshly body through physical death on the cross in order to present you before God the Father holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If you're a believer in Christ, that's the way you should see yourself. You are complete, you are holy, you are blameless, and you are beyond reproach. Why? Because God made it that way for you. God did that for you. It is absolutely nothing that you've done that could ever be impressive enough to God to accomplish that. Colossians 1.23 If indeed you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Now, a lot of people, when they read this, they start thinking they can lose their salvation. If, indeed, you continue in the faith. But if you understand the Greek language, that if is a first-class condition if in the Greek. It means if and it's true. And if you, indeed, continue in the faith, which you will, 
firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard. It's a certainty. That if is a certainty. Colossians 1.24 Now I, Paul, rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh. I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. Of this church, the church age, I was made a minister, Paul is saying, according to the dispensation from God the Father, bestowed on me for your benefit, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That's what pastors do. Colossians 1.26. That is, the preaching concerning the mystery, which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but now has been manifested, made clearly visible to the saints. Uh-oh. What is it that's been made clearly visible to this group of saints, the church-age saints, that was not made clear to the Old Testament straight saints? What is it? What is that mystery? It's not a murder mystery. It's not a whodunit. A mystery is there is something special that was revealed only to a certain group of people. All right, what is it? Colossians 1.27. To whom God the Father willed to make known what is the glorious riches of this mystery among the Gentiles. What, what mystery? Christ indwelling you. As a church-age believer, Christ is indwelling you. That has never happened before. It never happened before the cross. The Old Testament saints would be curious about it, like, what is that? And they could never find out. Well, now the cross has happened. The resurrection from the dead has happened. And now we know what the mystery is. The mystery is Christ indwelling the church-age believers the absolute confidence of our future glory. Colossians 1.28, we proclaim Christ, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in union with Christ. You are complete. You don't need anything more. Colossians 1.29, for this purpose I, Paul, labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Spiritual wisdom comes from your study of the Word of God. I hope this is the year you make the study of the Word of God a priority in your life rather than just an afterthought. I hope it's not just something you do on Sundays to fill your time. I hope it's something that is meaningful to you where you can come in with all that worldly thought and have it cleared out and have it replaced with biblical thought, which will tell you specifically about what you're thinking and whether it has any chance of working. Well, how will you know if you have spiritual wisdom? How will you know if you've done it? You'll intentionally change your priorities. You'll have made a commitment. You'll discard the deception. That's not what we do, is it? What we do is we just keep going along, going along with the same old company line of stuff. 
You know, I, I rejected Roman Catholicism and I rejected systematic theology as well after being involved in both of them for 50 years. If you just keep studying and you keep, just keep on making the journey, you'll find out if you're looking because God reveals himself to people who are looking to find the truth. And boy, what a, what a horrible feeling to know that you, quote-unquote, wasted so many years believing something that wasn't even remotely close to true, how you could jeopardize yourself and your entire family by not knowing the truth and not taking the time to figure it out. That is not a small matter. That's a huge deal. Romans chapter 6, verses 12 to 14, put it this way. Therefore, in light of this knowledge, do not keep on letting sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. Romans 6, 13, and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead would present themselves and present your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Romans 6.14 For sin shall not any longer be a master, a lord over you, for you're not under the law, you are under grace. May God in his grace grant you the spiritual wisdom that is necessary to navigate the rough waters we will experience this year. The waters will be rough. But one of the things I saw in the last year is that for all the believers in Christ, the year turned out really well. Yeah, Deacon Denny was right on. We all felt beat up by the year. So what? We can take it. And we're going to get beat up even more. And we're going to be breathing our carbon dioxide. And we're going to be told that, you know, if we don't keep our masks on, we don't care about other people. And we're going to be told that we need to take a vaccination so we can convince our older relatives to take vaccinations. We're going to be told all these lies. And it's just going to keep going and keep going and keep going. But we still have the victory. God knows what he's doing. He knows why he's allowing this. And we're just going to hang in there with it. Because we won already. The outcome's not in doubt. It's in doubt for all those people who are lying to us, but it's not in doubt for us. Well, the closing moments of our lesson today are a reminder that God wants you. And what God wants from you is for you to make the most important decision of your life. The Lord Jesus Christ wants a relationship with you, his creature, his creation. And he wants the relationship so badly that he was willing to die for you. How often do you think about eternal things. As human beings, we tend to be concerned only with the here and now, the things that busy us, temporary things. Yet nobody gets out of this life alive, so there are questions about the afterlife, the things that happen when we die, the things eternal. And again, I ask you, how often do you think about eternal things? The Bible tells us that God's enemy, Satan, deceives us into being short-sighted. Satan diverts our focus to temporary things so we don't prepare for eternal things.
1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 warns us to be of sober spirit and to be on the alert because the adversary, the devil, Satan, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. For example, the Bible tells us how easy it is to be deceived by material wealth, a problem that pervaded the church at Laodicea. In Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 to 18, the Lord says to the Laodicean believers, I, the Lord Jesus Christ, know your deeds, that you, like the water in your homes, are neither cold nor hot. Well, I, the Lord Jesus Christ, wish that you were cold or hot. Revelation 3.16. So because you are lukewarm, like the water in your homes, and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Revelation chapter 3, verse 17. Because you Laodicean believers say, I am rich and have become materially wealthy, I have need of nothing, and you don't know that you're spiritually wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Revelation 3.18. I, the Lord Jesus Christ, advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become spiritually rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself unlike the black wool that gave you material wealth so that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I advise you to buy from me eye salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Material wealth often blinds us to our spiritual poverty. We think only about now and not about eternity. Well, what is it the Lord wants us to see? Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one master and he will love the other master, or he will be devoted to one master and he will despise the other master. You cannot serve God and wealth. The Lord wants us to see that he is the way to get to heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4 say this, I, Paul, deliver to you as of first importance the gospel message I also received, that it was Jesus Christ who died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day according to the scriptures. Once you realize that you can't buy your way into heaven, the only other way to get to heaven is by means of God's grace, which is free of charge. In John chapter 14, verse 6, the Lord Jesus Christ himself said to the doubting apostle Thomas, I am the way to salvation. I am the truth through the word of God. Hang on one second.
<laughs> see, where was I? To the doubting Apostle Thomas, I am the way to salvation and I am the truth, the word of God, the gospel message. And I am the resurrection life, eternal life. And no one comes to the, God, the Father in heaven but through believing in me. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God the Father made Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin payment, substitute on our behalf, a propitiation, so that we might become the righteousness of God the Father in union with Him. Let's see where you're at here. I don't see the verse. Which one? I'm just trying to find it here on the notes. There it is. You can ask God the Father to credit your account with real wealth, spiritual wealth, His own righteousness, His own perfection, your admission ticket to heaven. God the Father will honor your request when you ask for righteousness and you will be saved. Saved, Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and everyone in your household who also believes. John chapter 3, verse 36 warns what happens if you reject a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. John three thirty-six. He who believes in the Son has resurrection life at that moment, but he who does not obey the command to believe in the Son will not, ha- will not see resurrection life. Instead, the wrath of God the lake of fire abides on him. Take the free gift of eternal life right now. There's no time to waste. Just tell God the Father that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is the moment of eternal life for you. Now is the time to think about eternal things. Rory's friend, God wants you. Real wealth happens when you decide to have a relationship with him. There is time when all the universe there is there is a there was a time when all the universe was peace. The Lord describes this time in Job chapter thirty eight verse seven as a time. Job thirty eight seven. When the morning stars sang together, all the sons of God, the Banaha Elohim, shouted for joy. <clears throat> when the Lord comes a second time, the time when his feet touch down on earth in the Mount of Olives, he will restore this peace on earth. Until then, June Murphy helps us remember what happened in the beginning. It wasn't the beginning. Christ created. He perfectly created the heavens and the earth to the universe gave birth the angels sang together morning stars shouted for joy when Christ created when God the Son created the heavens and the earth gave birth Then the earth became formless and void The earth became formless and void Because Satan rebelled All angels 
the trial was held, all angels were cheered. Ice and darkness covered the earth. All angels became prisoners. The angels were offered. Yes, all were offered reconciliation, reconciliation. Two-thirds, yes, they did say. One-third said, no way. Then Satan accused, unjustly accused, the Lord. Christ, the one who gave him life of being unfair. How can perfection be unfair? Satan captured the judgment. Christ allowed the appeal. The Spirit restored the earth in one week. He sealed the Godhead's Closing verses, a doxology of praise to our God. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Jesus and he will make your path straight. For the Lord is one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you. So do not fear or be dismayed. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 18. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. He waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. 
Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may promote you at the proper time, slamming all your cares on his back because he cares for you. Consider your problems to be his responsibility. Want to finish or no? Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Not my words. That's why it's good. I can just close up. Say, yeah, my mic's not on. All right, so you've done the doxology, right? All right, so let's close in prayer. And God indeed considers your problems to be his responsibility. Let us pray. Almighty God and Father, we just thank you for kicking off another year where we understand that your principles, the foundation that you've given us, is just solid. And where you help us to understand that we don't have to add anything to your finished work. That we can just accept what you've done for us and know that it is complete and sufficient and full. That it will never be empty or void. And that everything we require, you've already taken care of in advance. So we just thank you for that. We thank you for sending your son to die for us. We thank you for sending God the Holy Spirit to direct us. And we pray that we use the, the genius that, that they operate with in our human relationships so that we lead people to Christ and to his word so that they can have the freedom that you want all of us to have. And we ask this through the power of God the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, say it with me. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming, thanks for watching, and thanks for listening.